0: Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, we discuss Nintendo's announcement regarding their Wii U and 3DS eShop shutting down. We also talk about the latest Final Fantasy XIV dev vlog. Enjoy the show! Welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. <laughs> and we're glad you're here. Welcome. Episode 7. Look at us. We're moving right along, chugging along. It's like a whale, ah, a well oiled machine. A whale-oiled machine. That's what I always like to say. Get that Moby Dick. Whale oil. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're, we're doing good. Uh, we love all our, our listeners. Uh, the support has been great. And then according to an email I got from one of our listeners, Carlos, I don't know if you're real or not, or you're just spam, but we're the 80th most popular podcast about video games. How do you feel about that?
1: It's got to be a bot. A bot named Carlos. I I believe in that bot name, Carlos. I want to believe, yeah. I want to believe.
0: The bots can work for us, man. We can use this to our advantage if he is a bot. They already
1: are. And if you're not a bot, Carlos. And then it's just the question, when When are we going to be working for the bots?
0: If you are a real person, Carlos, we're sorry. We apologize. And thank you for the data. If you're a robot, we're not sorry, but thank you for the data anyways. <laughs> but it's been a a good week. Uh, we're glad that you guys are, are here to listen to us uh, again for another episode. Slow news week, I would say. So we don't have a lot of news to go over, but we do have a lot of impressions that we want to go over. We want to talk about Nintendo. We want to talk about Final Fantasy fourteen, And then we want to talk about some Lost Ark at the end. Yeah, I st- I'm still i still playing that. And it's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, as Nick will tell you at the end or, or
1: later. Well, I don't know if worse is the right word. I mean, I think it's better. It's just at the cost of a lot
0: of time spent. Yeah, and that's the only thing we can't get back. (laughs) Yeah. I wish I had more hands so I could play more video games in different screens. But, you know, that's a conversation for another time. But let's get started. We're going to start with the big Nintendo news this week. Nintendo made some headlines this week. They announced that beginning of late March 2023, they will no longer make it possible to purchase titles off of the eShop on the Wii U and the Nintendo 3DS. Now, we had a lot of people on the internet, of course, uh, being mad about that. And a lot of publications and places were mad about that, especially a lot of video game history foundations. And the main reason being, and, and this is what I got out of it, was that Nintendo has a lot of uh, older titles that they don't really do a good job of keeping updated or they don't really do a good job of making it available in newer systems, especially in their virtual consoles. So a lot of people were mad at that just because that means a lot of their titles are going to go away and there's no way to do to get them. What what info do you have on this?
1: Yeah, I think um, one thing to call out in terms of like, what does this actually mean? So there's uh, the the press outlet VGC did some analysis of, uh, you know, kind of like the implications of this announcement. And according to them, there's up to about 1,000 digital only titles across the 3DS and the Wii U that you'll no longer be able to purchase uh, after these stores are shut down. So I just wanted to put like a kind of like a specific number to what that actually means. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of negative sentiment out there and and to me i thought that was well i wasn't surprised by it but i do think it's a bit overblown or people are responding to this for like the wrong reasons because really all this means is that if you have these platforms you will no longer be able to purchase these games that you haven't purchased
0: in the last 10 years
1: (laughs) so it's like (laughs) you know like were, were you ever you know, going to buy these games or, or or whatever. So
0: it's my right to be outraged about things that don't affect me.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yes, yeah, so I think there's definitely like a bit of like loss aversion happening here, and yeah, from Nintendo's perspective they're going to look at the the financials, right? They're just going to say, okay, for these platforms, literally no one is buying games anymore in these stores. So when you reconcile that with whatever the cost is to maintain the stores, and there might be, there actually might be like licensing issues that they're dealing with um, as well. So there might be some more kind of behind the scenes stuff that they're not going to be super transparent about. So to me, it's like, I don't know if people are necessarily that upset that they won't be able to buy games on the Wii U or the Nintendo 3DS. I think they're just using this as like an opportunity to be more upset broadly about how like shitty the Nintendo digital strategy is, which I which I totally agree with. I think they're just like in the Stone Age when it comes to digital options. The way that they basically make you need to rebuy the exact same game digitally every time they release a new system, uh, I think is wildly frustrating. I think their current uh, their current subscription offer is like just an awful value and and easily the worst across all the platforms. So I think there's like plenty of work to be done there. So I think that's where people are getting frustrated where they're just like okay well like, yeah that maybe that makes sense from a business perspective but why are you like not doing really anything to preserve these titles so that you give people the option to be able to purchase them in some other way down the road and i think that's where a lot of the frustration is um, including myself
0: surprise surprise Nick shitting on Nintendo <laughs> on another episode of pressing buttons <laughs> no no but I totally agree with you it's not definitely something to be in full uproar about just because like you said it's a bunch of video games that people will never probably purchase I looked through a list of like the important ones and I think I maybe saw Kirby in there once so I don't think it's maybe uh, super popular games I am on the sentiment where like I'm, I've always liked purchasing physical copies of the game in the last couple of years uh, with my PS4 and my Play station and obviously the pc i've been downloading a lot more stuff but i always like to have a physical game just because down the road if i ever want to play it i know it's there or or as opposed to um, having to see if the it's available in the digital storefront and eventually you never know what's going to happen if your console craps out or if something happens down where the servers that where all this data is stored i'm one of those uh apocalypse people i need to have that physical video game for sale in the future if something happens but uh, Nintendo's definitely one of those companies that doesn't have the best strategy when it comes to um, the, their online world and their older titles. And as we know, they're one of the best publishers when it comes to nostalgia because they just kind of keep releasing a lot of their old stuff, and people will buy it. We were talking about this a couple of days ago, where like I will fork five or six dollars over and over again just to have one of their titles, like Zelda, in on my Switch, on my Wii U, on my 3DS, on my. Wherever, like, I'm gonna port that money over, and it kinda sucks, but, you know. Uh, It's fine. It's five or six dollars.
1: Yeah, and I think where Nintendo is behind the curve relative to a lot of other publishers is when you know most other publishers are bringing back their titles, they're introducing what people call quality of life improvements to those games to make them a little bit more modern and and easier to play. And I just I haven't seen Nintendo really do like anything. Like it's 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 literally the exact same game from the Super, Super Nintendo that they're just making available for purchase. Uh, on on a current platform, so I feel like eventually they're going to have to kind of change change their strategy. Or I don't know, maybe maybe they're so stubborn that they'll they'll never do that. But I feel like the market's kind of moving in a place where bringing back lots of games, but they're fine tuning them a bit, whether it's graphics or whether it's other kind of gameplay tweaks to make it a little bit more modern. I actually, I don't know. I think now that I think about it, I think they're going to be too stubborn and they're just going to keep releasing the exact same game over and over, which is one of the reasons why, for Nintendo platforms, I'm 100% physical, which I think is the exception. I think pretty much everything else I'm almost. Almost always digital. PlayStation, I'm kind of more of like a mix where I could go, you know, kind of either way. I think they've made some good strides with cross-gen being able to upgrade your games in some way. Sometimes it's free, sometimes there's a small charge. Um, I can get okay with maybe there, there being a small charge, but at least they're making an effort for people to be able to migrate their games across generations. Whereas Nintendo just just doesn't do that, and so I think because of just that again their approach to digital is 100% physical and all things Nintendo and and their games generally hold up pretty well in in value they basically never put their games on sale there's almost always like a pretty strong secondary market for those titles so
0: yeah Breath of the Wild still $50 or something so I
1: I, you know I get there's a convenience factor but the, the convenience factor of not needing to swap out a cartridge is just like not even close to everything else that you get by you know owning the titles physically yeah
0: no I totally agree with you where like We discussed last week, uh, Square Enix releasing uh, Live Alive.
1: Live Alive.
0: Damn it, I said it wrong. Live Alive. Uh, Releasing Live Alive, but they're doing a a remix remaster where where it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to have better graphics. Nintendo definitely doesn't follow that suit with a lot of their games that they release, especially like on the Switch uh, virtual console. That in itself has probably like 30 Nintendo games, 30 Super Nintendo games, and like eight. Uh, 64 Nintendo 64 games and they're not even like remastered or upgraded graphically that much I think uh, uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time might be or Majora's Mask might be one of the few that are have a little graphical enhancement but besides those they don't really do a lot of that and it's a, it's a bummer because as uh, Nintendo fans you're looking for them to keep releasing these titles and, and you want to have all these titles as you keep playing because Nostalgia Cells and something you want to go back to and play and they don't really support emulation i know recently they just settled that suit with that uh hacker uh bowser and I think he got like 20 years for running that website off of emulation. And it's kind of, I can see why that Video Game History Foundation uh, was upset with them, because it's hard to put these uh, games down in historical context and preserve them for the future, just so you can kind of have an idea of where it started, what what was popular back then, and and different types of eras. And Nintendo doing away with a lot of these things kind of, keeps them from doing that especially if there's no other recourse that they could take where they just completely wipe it out
1: yeah i think and this already exists a lot but i think people are just going to continue going deeper into emulation and, and that being the solution for games preservation i think this is kind of inevitable because i don't i just don't see you know again like corporations the people who manage all these platforms are corporations they're motivated by profit and will always be allocating resources to things that maximize profit it would be cool like it would be awesome if they really like Embraced preservation and the ability for people to like somehow get access to everything that's ever been produced, I just don't see them doing that. I will say I think out of all the different major platforms, I do think microsoft is is doing the like the best job of backwards compatibility as as a as a focus and and they've been doing a ton of work over the last several years to uh, it's not perfect, but I think it's it's definitely the, the, the strongest move towards uh, just making lots and lots of older games, going back to the Xbox era, making those available in some way. So give them kudos for for doing the best the best job but i don't think it's from the video game history foundation's perspective i still think they're you know not doing everything that they should be doing for games preservation
0: yeah i mean i totally agree with you microsoft is definitely at the forefront when it comes to preserving all old games and and you being able to play them no matter what generation of console you're in uh, hopefully Sony jumps in there with whatever they got cooking up because a lot of their titles from PS1, PS2, and PS3 are are amazing, and we want to play that. But it's definitely something with an established company like Nintendo, where that it goes back to the Nintendo Entertainment System, um, and then the Super Nintendo, and then the 64, and the GameCube. They you do want to kind of preserve that, so it kind of sucks where Nintendo knows that they have the stuff to make money, but they don't seem to want to make money. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. Only the future will tell. Hopefully they change their minds and we can all live in a world where I can play Super Mario RPG on anything I want and not have to worry too much about it. What a world. All right, so uh, the next topic we're going to talk about is Final Fantasy XIV. And as you guys know, over the last couple of episodes, Nick has been kind of pushing me along. He's been trying to get me to play Final Fantasy XIV, and I've been putting him off and telling him, no, I am not an MMO guy. But ever since I started playing Lost Ark, I kind of changed my mind around it. And we're happy to say that uh, starting April, I shall begin my journey into the land of Final Fantasy XIV. And because of that, he sent me a link uh, two days ago into the Final Fantasy letter from the producer. It's just basically a a YouTube video where you have the producer of Final Fantasy fourteen, Yoshi P, uh, talking live, answering uh, questions about the game, about the lore of the game, and also giving you updates on the patches coming up and any changes that they're gonna do to the game. Not gonna lie, not watched the whole five and a half hours, but I did get a lot of tidbits. I would say I got like maybe an hour, an hour and a half worth of information, and I'm starting to like what I see. Nick, what what were your thoughts on on the? I did watch the full thing, which.
1: Is is i think the video is about five and a half hours or something like that so it's just an absolute juggernaut of an update and most of these letter from the producer live videos like most of them are like super long and it's also worth noting that this was the 68th one that they've done so they've done a lot of these uh, over the years so yeah so one thing just to comment is i think yoshi p who's the producer and director of final fantasy 14 uh and, and just the final fantasy 14 team overall i just think they do based on the games i play like they do far and away the best job of ways of communicating with their audience and being really transparent about what they're working on and sharing roadmaps and answering questions. So I really view them as like kind of the gold standard for community engagement. And as more games become, you know, live service games and and all that, I think um, more developers and publishers are going to have to like start taking some cues from what this team's been doing because I think it's I think it's the best in the business. So so yeah, I, I really enjoy watching these. We won't go through everything that was uh, talked about because that's that would be a whole other. Well, if if I may,
0: yeah, sure. <laughs> if I may, I mean the the first thing being when you told me that it was a '68 one of these, I was like, "That's dedication. That's a studio that wants to uh, that wants their fans to know where everything's at, where the future is going," uh, and they also love that the fans have questions and they want to answer those questions. So that was shocking to me. And uh, we talked about how we were trying to see what other studios do this. And every studio, like you have Bungie, you have uh, CD Projekt Red, you have Ubisoft developer videos, but no- nothing as extensive as I saw in, in this Final Fantasy 14 letter from the producer video. Because uh, Yoshi P just went in depth into everything that they're working on for the game Right now I know the in uh patch version six and then it's gonna the next big update of course is gonna be seven, but everything in between, whether it's the graphical update, whether it's the update to the characters, whether it's the update to the world, he just went in depth in it, and then he also had q and A Q&A after, which was itself another uh, well, uh, two and a, two to two and a half hours for the game. And then I would say another two hours to talk to the fans and answer their questions and about the lore and stuff like that. So not a lot of studios, like you said, go in depth like they did. But from what you saw of the video explaining everything coming up and what they're doing, what would you say to me, a guy that's jumping in a Final Fantasy in a month and a half? What what would you say? It's the thing that will draw me in the thing that will make me want to play the game the thing that will make it easier for me who hasn't played a game that's been out for 11 years
1: yeah i think there's two big updates one you kind of already touched on which was which is the graphics update? I don't know. I think that'll be definitely well received. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily Something that is gonna be a huge deal to someone who's like never played the game. I think that's probably more relevant to someone who's been in the game for a long time. And then there'll be a fresh coat of pain and there'll be a lot, a lot of excitement around that. But um, so that was definitely like a, one that they spent a ton of time on. I think for a new player, and it, it, it kind of depends on your play style whether this will actually be exciting to you. But they did talk a lot about expanding the trust system in the game and for those who don't know the trust system is basically allows you to play uh, all of the big dungeons uh, in a single player capacity so uh, it's a, it's a feature that's already in the game but in later expansions and what you're basically able to do is queue up for a dungeon and you pick from a list of characters uh, from the main story So, you're basically just playing with a bunch of uh, NPC uh, characters from the story, and you can kind of create your own party and play the quest. Uh, whereas if you don't use the trust system, you then need to match make and play with other other actual players online and who you don't know and 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 all that. So so there's a matchmaking thing that you would need to do to actually play the quest or the dungeon and then be able to proceed through the story. So so if you're the type of person who's all about playing online, playing with others, then maybe you care less about this. But if you Don't necessarily like you want to play the game single player, go through it at your own pace. Uh, this is the system that you're going to love, and what they're doing is they're deploying it to earlier in the game. Uh, but you'll be able to play the trust system earlier on, whereas right now um, it starts in one of the later expansions. So yeah, I think I don't know Hugo, what's your kind of what's your your preferred play style? Like, is this something that you want to kind of go through on a single player basis, or are you actually looking
0: forward to trying to find new friends with uh, the matchmaking? Well, you know the funny thing is that like I, I love both styles. I love some single player action and I love some multiplayer action. And what I found with this Especially this game that's been out for 11 years is that I have a lot of friends that have played it, so I just kind of had to round them up and be like, Hey, I'm in the game now, can you help me out with this dungeon or something like that? Which, you know, I know of course you're gonna help me out, but I gotta round up a posse, if you will. But I'm also excited uh, for the trust system because I do a lot of the missions by myself, I like doing them by myself, and also a lot of people don't have as much time as, as me to play the games. So, if anything, if there's anything that can make it easier for me to run through the game, where without needing other people. I think that's always a plus, especially with a game like Final Fantasy. I know I read a quote from the producer that he wanted to remake the game after the failed launch of it in 2011. He wanted to make the game easier, accessible as a mainline Final Fantasy title, where even if you were away for a couple of expansions or months or years or whatever, and you jump back in, it would be like a single player campaign where you could just go back in and and start anew or start where you left off and wouldn't need as many people to help you out, which is you know one of these things about the mmos where like if you're not in a guild or in a group there's certain things that you can't do or it, or it's very difficult to do so i'm excited for that you know i've been doing a lot more research uh for my eventual ascension into okay. final fantasy so th- this is one of those things that uh, <laughs> this is one of those things that definitely uh perked my ears up and i was like oh okay this this sounds like a good quality of life change for anybody that's new coming into the game
1: yeah and it's great for particularly the first time at least this is how i how i used it um i think it came out starting with the Shadowbringers expansion where a lot of these dungeons are pretty complicated or, or some of the like boss mechanics are, are pretty nuanced and for me I, I like being able to do it basically on my own with a trust party just so i can actually like learn the level and then later on down the road um you know if i play it through duty roulette or, or, or matchmaking or whatever I'm, I'm familiar with the level and i can hopefully do a reasonable job uh, as opposed to completely embarrassing myself so you know and i, I think there's some some people that get like anxiety or, or get real stressed out about trying to learn some of these dungeons with others for their first time so i think this is a good solution for allowing people to be able to just kind of learn it at their own pace and then play it in a multiplayer way you know whenever they want
0: No, no, I I hear you. I'm like you in that sense, where I like to prepare myself a lot, especially when it's like a video game task. I want to make sure I do it right, especially with a group. You don't want to embarrass yourself in a game. (laughs) But yeah, I've been looking into a lot of information on Final Fantasy, reading a a lot up on the classes. I'm definitely uh, excited for April. Once I uh, am done with Lost Ark, I'll never be done. But you know, my uh, (laughs) I'll move on eventually uh i've been looking at uh samurai reaper and dragoon as, as my classes so i'll I'll have to do a little bit more research just to make sure i got the right ones but those are the ones i've been looking at and i've been looking at the lore of the world a lot of good information i don't i won't get into it but it's definitely uh i'm, I'm more excited than i was when we started this podcast because i feel like the first or second episode I was like fuck mmos uh, i've had a change of heart yeah it's great
1: i love it yeah i think for what it's worth <laughs> I mainly play Red Mage, which I've had a ton of fun with, and then Reaper is one of the newer classes uh, launched with with Endwalker. So you're you're probably going to see a ton of Reapers uh, running around because that's the new hotness. In the game, yeah, uh, cool. and it's and it's fun. It's actually there's some parallels with Red Mage in terms of how it plays, so it's kind of easy for me to move over to it. And then I think the current meta of the game, I think people more or less shit on Samurai and Dragoon.
0: <laughs> so I think, whoa, whoa, those are the coolest <laughs> looking ones. Ever ones. I'm
1: working on a Dragoon as well, but uh, I think it's gonna be a it's gonna be a hard road ahead. But you know, the thing is, is, they're always with all these patch updates, they're always constantly rebalancing it and 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 whatever. So I think there's hopes that Dra- dragoon and dark knight is another one that people are, are hoping get you know some sort of improvements in the game
0: hey i was hearing samurai was badass so we'll see you know i could I be wrong on samurai, samurai. maybe I'm, I'm
1: less familiar with that one we'll see but yeah you know i think i think you can um okay you know all, all these people that are like always dunking on all the classes it's all these people who highly optimize everything about and it's just like you know just pl- play the character that you <laughs> like playing and and you'll have a good time so i think that's definitely the right mindset
0: so gotcha, gotcha. Well, what's also I hear about this uh, housing update? Apparently, you couldn't get a house in the game.
1: Yeah, there's a hot,
0: hot real estate market.
1: Um, I don't think you've been able to buy plots in a game for for quite some time. So they're gonna in the next patch update in uh, six point one, they'll uh, allow people the ability to actually buy plots. So they talked a little bit about the system that they're going to use to allow people to actually buy plots and it was first comfort serve. Is it lottery? What's the difference between if it's just you as an individual versus you actually being in a free company? So they kind of just talk through their their thought process of how they're gonna allow people to buy plots and in, in Ishgard. Their current thinking is that it'll basically be a for the most part a lottery system. Um and you'll need to basically have the the funds available to fully purchase the plot. You give them the money you get put into the lottery if you win you get the plot if you don't win you get your money back so i think they were just talking a little bit about that and it's just so so funny to me like i think there's you know a lot to be said about just what's going on with like the real estate market and the real world (laughs) and 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 i feel like the audience uh (laughs) i'm sure many of the people who play Final Fantasy 14 are just in a position like myself where it's just like i can't i can't buy anything in the real world so maybe maybe there's a hope where i can like buy buy some land in in this freaking video game um so yeah this is going to be something when it's launched it's going to get like tons of attention it's going to be way more demand than they can handle and and it'll be kind of funny to observe and i i still need to figure out whether i want to put in the effort to be able to like even have the money to to be able to even like participate in the lottery so that's that's something i need to think through
0: you got to have a crib man How am I going to Come over in yeah, Final cool. Fantasy Land.
1: Why, I mean, why you know? not?
0: <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so, in regards to that, I was able to purchase through Green Man Gaming the bundle for the collector's edition. I got it pretty cheap for like fifty bucks. I think it's still up. If you're hearing this podcast, you can go to Green Man Gaming. Uh, this is not an ad, by the way, or a plug or whatever. It's just a good deal that I saw. You can go on there, and it's about 50 bucks, and you get Final Fantasy XIV Collector's Edition with all five expansions. You got A Realm Reborn, Shadowbringers, Endwalker. Uh, what else am I missing?
1: Heaven's Word and Stormblood?
0: There you go. I think that's all of them, yeah. No, no, yeah, that's that's all of them. And that starts you off with 30 uh, days of the game. And I know that they have the free trial, which was resuming on the 22nd, and Nick and I were talking about this. The free trial encompasses uh, the Realm Reborn, which is basically the base game up to level 60. And then the expansions are are the rest of the level. So I'm guessing we'll have to look this up to correct ourselves. But I'll put it in the show notes, if anything, that you'll be able to play up to level 60 starting February 22nd if there's enough server space. So, you know, if you guys want to join us, Final Fantasy fourteen, April, baby, April. Yeah, when Endwalker came out, they stopped allowing people to
1: create new accounts um, and they've been kind of slowly reopening that back up so on, on the 22nd you'll be able to create a new character under their free trial program. Yeah, and play through level 60 it's a ton it's a ton of content so it's, it's really a great deal if you just want to mess around with the game at no cost. You got plenty of stuff to do. Hugo now that he's an MMO freak, just already knew that he was going to love the game. So I went ahead and purchased all of the expansions. But you don't have to do that if you don't want to. It was either that or, you know, science.
0: I did it for science. I feel like that's a thing. <laughs> all right. Um. So I, I guess that's it for the uh, Final Fantasy letter from the producer talk. Uh, any last thoughts on that? The other thing maybe we didn't touch on was there was an extensive amount of
1: uh, lore questions and answers, and it's un- it's unbelievable to me to see like how incredibly detailed some of these questions from from the fans are, and the fact that they're willing to like answer these in this format. Um, I think a lot of these questions are, are you know sent in advance, and they spend time to make sure that they have you know well, well thought out answers but just the fact that they're even taking the time to answer all these questions or you know avoid it. answering the questions if they think it's something that's gonna like come come to fruition down the road mm-hmm. yeah yeah oil, but, um, oil to me, totally and you know I, so i i played through the whole story i have a pretty you know good idea what's what's actually going on but there's just like a ton of ton of stuff in the details that i, I kind of just didn't i don't pick up on my first play so it's it's cool for me to see you know, some of that come up during these uh, these Q and A sessions, and then probably for me the best part is when like a completely absurd or incredibly detailed question comes through, and just watching Yoshi P's reaction to the question is like almost always entertaining. So. There's also that if uh, you just want to see a producer get upset or cringe at fan questions, uh, he, it's, it's, it's pretty funny
0: to watch. That man is a legend. I, I, I totally agree with you on that aspect. Like Just uh, to see uh, Yoshi P, how much passion he has for the game and love for the game and love for the lore and the fans, answering all those questions and how knowledgeable he was that's that was amazing. That just you know that makes me more excited for the game. It makes me more excited to play it and learn the world and you know do as much as I can in there. So here come April 2022. The excitement. Uh, I'll keep you updated with my progress and my uh, goings on in the world of Final Fantasy 14. All right. So uh, moving on. You know what week it is, Nick. I have no idea. Yeah, I I, I figured you wouldn't. It's Destiny 2, the Witch Queen week. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Okay, I knew knew you were baiting me, so I I didn't want to give you that opportunity, so I I played dumb. And also
0: Elden Ring.
1: Okay, 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 okay.
0: okay. Destiny 2, Witch Queen week, and Elden Ring week. Oh, and Steam Deck week. It's a big week. Well, Steam Deck week for everyone except me. And Maybe me. We'll see. But uh, yeah, no, I'm equally excited. I mean, I know you're super excited for Elden Ring. I'm equally excited for Destiny 2 which Queen expansion launching on Tuesday, as I am excited for Elden Ring coming out on Friday. But we're going to start with Elden Ring talk. Game's almost out. It's almost here. It's almost time to get into the world of Elden Ring. Game comes out on Friday. I know you've been uh, super pumped. I've been super pumped. It's been our most expected game for, I would say, the last year and a half. What have you been doing to kind of control your thirst? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a little that's so much. a little hornier a little hornier sounding than I was expecting. Uh, we
1: might we might need to apply a, a rating to this podcast now. Yeah. Um, oh, it's always E for explicit, bro. Okay, E for explicit. Okay, yeah, I like that. That makes sense. Yeah, what have I been doing? I know a lot of people are like replaying other from software games to get you know psych for Elden Ring. So I. I have not been doing that, so I'm not actively playing any of the from software games. Uh, There was a a media event over the weekend, and and coming out of that, they launched a new trailer, which they've called the Elden Ring Overview Trailer. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at that, but um, if you haven't seen any... Elden Ring video stuff like that's probably a good thing to check out where it's well, you know, it's literally named overview. And I think it does a great job of explaining an overview of the game where it kind of goes into some of the mechanics and the open world concept and a little bit about the lore, different character classes and, and all that. So I thought it was a good well packaged trailer got me excited. So that came out over the weekend. And then also Vati Vidya did a, a lore breakdown. And if you're not familiar with him, he's a, a big YouTuber. He goes in super deep on you know basically all of the lore and all from software games. So what he did was he, he was a part of the network test that um, they did for Elden Ring about a month or so ago. So he just spent a ton of time kind of organizing all the thoughts and everything that he learned in the network test. Uh, Lucky bastard. Yeah, set up a good a good foundation for you know what the lore is currently looking like. Uh, so for me, because I'm not particularly smart and I need a lot of help and handholding to understand what's going on <laughs> with the lore and from software games, like I I really like these videos because they they help me a ton. And I think I was I, I liked going in with some basic understanding of the lore as opposed to going in with a with a blank slate. So I definitely recommend uh, giving that a whirl before you play the game.
0: I have not watched the overview trailer, but I will. I've been trying to keep myself insulated from any and all Elden Ring news, even though I follow them on Twitter. But I will watch it just because I know it's leading up and it doesn't spoil really much anything, which is very hard to do for the game because you never really know what's going on. But I'm going to watch that. I mean, uh, my excitement is through the roof. I've been looking at classes. uh, I'm either going to go Warrior, Vagabond, or Hero. We'll see. Um, The world looks amazing. Can't wait to start playing it. I am off on Friday and off on Saturday. So, I mean, the only problem is going to be me playing Witch Queen on Tuesday. So... You do have to make the time for this. And Lost Ark, and then Sifu and Horizon. Oh my god, February! You're killing me. It's a great month. <laughs> what about you? Any? Are you doing any planning? Like, do you have classes picked out? Are you looking into that? We talked about this in a prior episode with my
1: character creation philosophy for Lost Ark, which is basically how do I make guts. From Berserk, oh, nice. so I'm, nice. I'm, I'm. It's exact same philosophy here, where it's how can I make guts from Berserk in Elden Ring, and from software games generally take a lot of inspiration from Berserk. So I think I'm. I'm eager to see you know how, what they do with with Elden Ring.
0: Yeah, their character creation tool is uh, definitely from from what I've seen a step up from many other games, which have always been great. So I'm excited to get in there.
1: Yeah, and I think so. Based on what we know about the classes, I think my starting point is probably vagabond, and then I'll, I'll make some uh, tweaks in the character creator, and I think that's pretty much it. I will say the uh, and I and I kind of another from software games. I almost always did a strength build. Claymore was probably my go to go to weapon. You know, pretty much anything that's a big sword. So that's a, usually my primary build, and then I might experiment with other you know, with other ones uh, and, and subsequent playthroughs.
0: I will say, like, the ma- it, when you see the overview trailer, like, the magic looks amazing. <laughs> so it's like... A- I've never been a magic user with any of these uh, uh, thumb games, but it does look like something I want to try. And it does look like it's not, whereas in the in the previous games, you could just make a full-on magic build. It looks more like you can do spells that will help you, but it won't overwhelm uh, the game, where it just makes it too easy So. It looks exciting. I'm, I'm definitely going to be using more magic on this one than I've used in any other, other games.
1: Yeah. And then in terms of planning, nothing specific. I just kind of gave notice to friends and family that they're not going to hear much from me over the weekend. But Hopefully they don't put your face on a milk carton. No. Maybe. I don't know. Do I don't that. know. We'll so. see.
0: We'll see we'll see how bad it gets. The only concern I have uh, going in is am I gonna name him Abraham Lincoln or Abraham Lincoln?
1: Mm, I yeah, that's that's gonna be a game time decision for me to see what the name is. I don't know. Uh, i'll I'll just i'll just be uh, you know i'll I'll work through the character creator once i know exactly what my character looks like that'll kind of be my then i'll start thinking about what's a good
0: name you'll get the feeling
1: you know i i I, I like the character to look and feel like guts from berserk but i don't want it to be exactly you know i don't want the character to be guts like so it's you could
0: just call him butts it's butts (laughs) 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 butts from nick Well, uh, that's sounds horrible, uh, uh, yeah, I'll have to
1: <laughs> I probably will not do that workshop it <laughs> or I'll workshop, it. yeah, you know you gotta start somewhere right, so yeah, I'll, I'll I'll workshop it and then the other thing, the other I guess maybe it was like the final thing I'm doing in terms of Elden ring prep is just listening to all the soundtracks from the other from software games just to get me into the mood, so I'm a big uh music game soundtrack aficionado, and generally just listen listen to a lot of music soundtracks anyway, but. Uh, with this game coming up i'm going pretty deep into those soundtracks which are all great yeah as long as you're not swinging around a huge sword around your
0: house you're fine i
1: can't deny that i'm not doing that
0: (laughs) Layla's gonna be super pissed yeah but okay all right so those are our thoughts one more week you will be hearing a lot more on the next episode
1: we'll have impressions
0: yeah We're, we're, we're talking impressions on sunday and you love our impressions so you know juicy bits coming also streaming it I'll probably be streaming it. We'll be streaming it. We'll see. All right. And then the other ga- big game, Destiny, coming out uh, on Tuesday, which Queen expansion. Real quick thoughts, the season of The Lost just ended this week on Tuesday. They were supposed to do this big wrap-up mission towards the end, and it was kind of, I would say, lackluster, just because the originally the season was supposed to end back in November, but because they delayed the witch, uh, the witch Queen was supposed to also come out back in November. But because it got delayed to February, they had to extend the season, thus extending the, the season mission, which you were basically doing a new mission every week to further along. So basically for 3 months they just you were just kind of stuck in limbo with nothing, no story advancement or anything like that. And it just wrapped up this week. For somebody like me that finished the campaign for the Season of the Lost, I would say as soon as it came out, maybe two, three weeks into it, and was just waiting and waiting every week for the new missions. It was kind of lackluster for the uh, seasonal end, but I can totally get it. It doesn't stop me from being super hyped about Destiny coming out, on uh, the Witch Queen coming out on Tuesday. Still super hyped, trying to convince Nick to start, you know. Uh, We'll see if he gets into it, but I doubt it with Elden Ring. We'll see. No way. (laughs) No way, he says. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah, I got into Final Fantasy fourteen. We'll have to do a reverse of reverse. Yeah, because it's, uh, because it's a great game. Yeah, it's like what's that Yucau card reverse play or whatever it is. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right, so that does it for our main topics and what we're hyped about. I mean, I know I know you can hear it. Elden Ring, Destiny, coming this week. We're super hyped. So we're going to be closing out uh, with a couple of thoughts that we have uh, about what we've been doing through the week. I want to start off with uh, talking about Lost Ark. I know we talked about it a lot last episode, but I've been playing it more and more, as you can probably already tell. I'm into the end game now. I'm liking the game even more. A lot of medial tasks have turned fun, I would say. The collecting is pretty fun. I'm understanding the story more. And then the endgame activities such as Guardian Raids, which are very similar to Monster Hunter, where you go and hunt these big guardian beasts uh, for loot. Then you have the Chaos Dungeons, which is like horde mode with different floors where you just advance, advance, advance the more you kill. And then you have your Abyssal Dungeons, which are like regular dungeons with two big bosses, one in the middle, one at the end. That you had to do different mechanics for. Um, those are pretty cool. I've only known raids from Destiny, so see uh, from a first-person shooter. So seeing them on a MMO is definitely different, and it's enjoyable. And I can see where Destiny got that and why it makes a game so good. Just doing uh, raid mechanics. The only qualm I still have with the game is that I can't switch servers. Unfortunately, I picked the server because Nick suggested it. That none of my friends are in, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to play with them. I can still do some activities with them, but. If I was on the same server, I'm pretty sure I could do more things. But hopefully, they patch that down the road. And then I want to give a shout out to my boy Marcos, aka Monster Keezy, aka Sneaky Keezy, because uh, he said the game was shit. He didn't want to play it at all but he was bored and ended up downloading it. And now he's more addicted to the game than I am. So he's been uh, looking up a lot of lore videos, looking up a lot of build videos and stuff like that. And he gives me a lot of help whenever uh, I have a question about my builds and stuff like that. So shout out to Marcos. That's classic Keezy. Classic Keezy, (laughs) great moderator, also great build guy. And then whenever you're ready, whenever you get to that point, Nick, I will help you. So, you know, it's like, uh, you know, rolling downhill, but not shit. Advice, advice rolls downhill.
1: I think it'll probably be shit. We'll see. We'll
0: see. <laughs> so yeah, we can't wait. To, can't wait for you to get to the end of Lost Ark. Have you been playing any games?
1: Well, I think I've been playing Lost Ark at a more normal pace. The more <laughs> so, normal uh, pace. Yeah, so. That's Judgment.
0: <laughs> I feel the judgment coming from you. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So I think I'll, I'll
0: catch up to you in, in, in several several weeks. But um, so I-, I like that you keep sending me text messages with my playtime and Ollie's playtime, and then Ollie has like nineteen minutes, and then I have like a hundred hours, and then you send another message <laughs> that says twenty seven minutes for Ollie, and then hundred and twenty some hours for me. It's hilarious.
1: Yeah, you're you're already well over 100 hours, and I'm, I'm trying to think of, I think my playtime in Final Fantasy XIV is probably, it's definitely over 500, probably close to like 600, but that was like over a six or seven month period. I'm just trying so to get then... through so
0: I can play other games. <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> That's okay. my excuse.
1: Okay, okay. So no, no ju- it's not judgment, I would say, it's... Uh...
0: I know this it's is a ju- no it's, it's judgment more, zone. It's more, it's
1: more, it's more jealousy that you're, you have, yeah. you have
0: the time to to be able to do that. So I think it's, it's more that. I do feel that every now and then. I he only wish he had the time. I mean, yeah, no, that'd be great. No, but this is a no judgment zone. Play as many games as you want for as long as you want, guys. But yeah, That's back correct. to you, Lost <laughs> <Last> Ark. <laughs> But yeah, no,
1: no, I haven't, I ha- so played it a little bit. I frankly didn't game too much this week. It was more of a, my wife and I are big fans of Ozark. So there was a new, uh, I think it was seven new episodes of Ozark Dropped. So yeah. we basically marathoned through that. Half of the, the week. it's
0: half of the last uh, it's, the last season. Yeah, it's
1: the first, yeah, I guess part one of, of the last season. of. of Ozark. I hate one shows do that, but oh well, it's a thing. Yeah, it's 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 fine so I spent a lot of time you know so that called out seven hours and then the final fantasy 14 producer live letter was five and a half hours so, so it's like there's a lot of so a lot of watching was happening. Uh, yeah, a lot of week, pressing so.
0: computer buttons, streaming buttons. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: so more of that than than gaming. So I didn't really get get around to too much. But you know that's definitely going to change on this upcoming
0: Friday. Friday the twenty fifth? Monkey down, baby. Oh, it's a good it's a good birthday for you. Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you.
1: Yeah, it is my birthday.
0: And and then I um I've been watching Cuphead. It just came out on Saturday, the nineteenth. As you know, it's from uh, based on the video game adaptation of. Cuphead. Uh, I like the aesthetics of it. It's got that very old uh, cartoon look, you know, back from the Looney Tunes and Mickey Mouse type of era. And each episode is individual, so you don't really have to follow along. You can just put that in the background. It's pretty funny. And uh, also, the finale of Peacemaker. First season's wrapped up. Great season overall. My type of humor, my type of show, I would definitely recommend it.
1: That might be my next show that I pick up is, is Peacemaker. I think you'll I think you'll
0: love it. John yeah. Cena will, will wow you. I didn't even know the man could do these things. Can't see me. Yeah. John Cena is a revelation or not. if you can't see me. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So that does it. Episode seven in the books, baby. We appreciate you guys tuning in and uh, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Later. Thanks for listening to the 80th most popular video game podcast. The show is produced by Nick and myself. I also edit the show. Our stupendous music is composed by Layla. Catch you on the next one.